Welcome to Faith City Outreach, where your host, Marina Maria, reaches out to the world to discuss Christian topics and providing biblical solutions, as well as praying for the nations. Deuteronomy 31 verse 6 says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. The music in this broadcast is provided courtesy of Zapsplat.com. Now, here is your host, Marina Maria. Welcome to Faith City Outreach. This is Marina Maria with today's special guest, Eva Willie from San Diego, California. Eva is a native reverend's daughter. She was born in Tuba City, Arizona, and raised in the Navajo Reservation in Arizona. Today, she will be sharing her powerful testimony about how God delivered her from a homosexual lifestyle. Thank you, Eva, for being on Faith City Outreach. I'm just so excited that you're here, and I know this testimony is going to be so impactful, not only for the Lord, but for the listeners and for the world. Amen. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Eva, what was your childhood like being a reverend's child? Uh, being a pastor's child was was interesting. I we moved around a lot, and um, it was um, my earliest memory was in Gap, Arizona, where my dad was a pastor there at a small church, and on into Shiprock, New Mexico, a small church there, Cove, Arizona on into Cameron, uh, Tisto, Delcon area, all these areas. My dad uh, pastored um, in different churches there. And I think the challenging thing for me was moving around from school to school, making new friends and um, just, you know, trying to fit in and somehow. And I think that was probably the challenging part for me growing up, um, and I, I know my parents, they they were doing God's work. I know they were there for the people. And I know that what they did impacted a lot of people also, as far as my father being uh, a reverend and my mom being a Sunday school teacher. So um, it was, it did have its challenges, but I did meet a lot of people during that time and and I, I went to different schools and just enjoyed the, the reservation, the people, just wonderful people. I want to give both your parents honor, and I want to mention their names. So it's um, Reverend Willie John, Willie Reverend Sr., and also um, uh, Reverend Linda Willie, right? Yes, that's correct. Awesome. Did you ever, or do you have um, other brothers and sisters too? I do. I have two older brothers. And are they still living in the uh, Navajo Reservation? Um, the brother um, oldest, older to me is he's, uh, yes, he is. He is living on the Navajo um, Reservation, Tuba City area. Mm-hmm. And do you still keep in touch with him? Yes, we do. Yeah. That's great. I know you live in San Diego, California. Please um, share a little bit how that move happened. Well, that's a that's a um, wonderful story I could say because um, it started five years ago, and I was in a um, homosexual relationship for ten years, and um, we 
my partner and I both got promotions from our jobs and she got a promotion at her job and I got a promotion here to opportunity to come over here to San Diego. And we decided to do a long distance relationship. So we had two houses, two cars, two everything. And, and um, we thought that was going to work. And, but I, I, I found out now that I look back on it, it was God working his plan in my life. I, I didn't know how this was going to happen or how it was going to play out. And for me to be here by myself, you know, coming over here to San Diego, not having any friends or not having any relatives and just, just being here with my job, it, it turned my life around and it changed it from someone who was always into a relationship. Uh, my first relationship was 10 years. My second relationship was 10 years. And, you know, my last, this last relationship was 12 years. So I was, I was always um, with somebody and this time I was by myself completely alone and, and um, it started to change my life. I started to um, really think about who I am and, and um, what I want to do with my life. So and that that was how the move came about, but it was just me by myself. Right. And we will talk about that a little more as we um, as you shared, too, that in your bio, you said, I left the reservation at the age of 16 years old. I left God, my family, and you had already start drinking at age 15. Your mind was full of impure thoughts of lustful sin. And this took you straight into 12 years with your partner and who had three kids. Mm. Can you share a little bit about that, please? Well, uh, at the age of five or six, um, I, uh, my earliest memory was of being um, sexually assaulted by a neighbor and um that was probably the turning point where I, I I didn't share this information with my parents, my brothers, anybody, anybody, nobody knew about this. I kept it to myself and um, you know, I, I kept it inside and I know it grew, I grew angry inside of me. I had a lot of anger in me mm-hmm. and I had a lot of resentment. I had a lot of, um, I didn't understand a lot of what happened, what had happened, actually happened. Um, and I, I know at the young age, uh, my third grade teacher, I, I, I liked her. I just, I was like, had googly eyes for her. So I started to feel for girls and women, you know, it wasn't, and I knew that wasn't right. I knew that wasn't, I, I don't, I don't, there was a feeling inside of me, and, and, you know, what my dad preached and what the Bible said, it said, you know, I, I was living against that. And I said, God, why do I have this feeling? Why do I, why do I feel this way? I didn't understand it. So it did start at a young age and um, I began to um, rebel against my parents. And um, I, I started to drink at a very young age with, you know, partying out there with the, uh, I think it was probably my freshman year. And um, my mom did not want that for me. And, and she, she's the one who actually got me a, a one-way bus ticket out 
of the reservation to her sister's house. And that was my aunt's house at the age of about 15 or 16. So I moved over to Phoenix at, at that age. And um, she, um, I, I left the reservation at that time. So your mom never knew that happened at your age at five, even, even before she passed away. You never no, shared that with never, her? No, I never shared that with her. Even as I got older, I just said, you know, I didn't want to ever hurt them or burden them with that. I, I, I you know, they, they both passed away and um, I never shared it with them. I just, I kept it to myself. But um, it was just something that I, I asked God to help me with. And I, I prayed and prayed about it and wanted God to, to um, work in my life and just fix me. <laughs> I, I call it fix. I don't, I, you know, it's probably not the right word, but I, you know, it, I just, that's what, that's, that was my prayer. I was like, God, fix me. When you left at uh, the reservation at age 16, where did you go right away? I, I stayed with my aunt for a little bit. Um, okay. And um, I was there probably maybe a year or less than that. And I went right into uh, a relationship with a woman that had three kids. And um, we got an apartment and right away I started working. Just I worked in the manufacturing industry mm-hmm. and um, I was, I was, um, I had three kids right there and I, I all I knew how to do was work and, and support them and, you know, put food on the table. And that was pretty much my job. So um, we, we did, we were in 12 year relationship off and on also, but at the same time, there was a lot of um, arguing. There was a lot of frustration. There was a lot of, uh, um, you know, just with everything with the kids, plus just living life, you know, and, and it was new to me. All, all of that was just new to me. And I was just starting, you know, I was young too. So to have the three kids there in that relationship was, was um, challenging, but um, we just, we survived, you know, we survived. Were your parents aware of your homosexual lifestyle when you left? No, I, I, I pretty much lived a double life. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, with my parents, I had all the respect in the world for them. I would go, go home and I actually, before I, I get to the house, I would pray. <laughs> I, I would pray down that dirt road getting to my parents' house because I, I didn't want them to know my, my, my lifestyle or my life choices. And um, I, I have a feeling they, they did know and they just, I didn't give them the opportunity to tell me anything. I didn't, um, I, they just loved me unconditional and um, I, I, uh, they didn't want to, to lose me. They, they loved me just for who I was. And um, anytime I would get into an uncomfortable conversation with them, I, I would end the conversation or talk about, change the subject because um, I, I didn't want to talk about the Bible. I didn't want to talk about God. I didn't want to have, you know, I didn't want to hear it from them because I, I, I felt that it, that was, that wasn't what I wanted to, I, I didn't want to have nothing to do with God. I was, I think I was running from God 
I was running from my parents. I was running from everything. But I, I stayed in contact with them. I always would visit them at least once a year or, or twice a year to check up on them, to just spend time with them. But um, I, I lived in the city in Phoenix, and that's that's where I was. I, I created a whole world there with friends and family that that knew my lifestyle and um, um, accepted it. And it was it was just something that I I just created a whole world around me that people with people that accepted um, my life choices. Did your parents ever find out that you? Um, were having a uh, homosexual relationship? If, if they did, they, um, I'm pretty sure they did, but they just, they never confronted me about it. They, mm. they were, um, I, I don't know, they just, I, I don't know if that's the, my dad, you know, being Navajo and my mom being Mexican, they just, the culture, I don't know if, if mm-hmm. it was that, that it's just something you don't talk about. Uh, or, you know, it's just something that, you know, they know, but they don't, say anything about it and they never really mentioned it to me or said anything about it they just you know every now and then my dad would give me a verse or tell me a, a bible story or you know my mom would just just love me and and um i think their love and their prayers and they always would pray for me and they, they said let's pray before you leave let's let's pray you know they was constantly praying for me and did you allow them to pray for you i did Wow, it's beautiful. Do you think that um, if they had known that you had um, a homosexual lifestyle, do you think that they would have uh, behaved differently or reacted differently towards you? Or even said anything to you? Say again? Do you think they would have said anything to you about it, or do you think they would have just kept being quiet and just continued to pray? For you. I, I think they would just probably kept quiet and just continue to pray. Um, that's that's the you know with anything I did, they they did that with me. They just always said, "Let's pray." Or you, know, my dad would just read a verse in the Bible, and he would just pray with me. Okay, in your bio, you said, um, "My life outside the reservation, away from your parents and God, continued." Um, you said something about you blame God for the way you were and for the wrongful lust um, you had because you were angry with God and you couldn't understand how God could allow this. Can you share a little bit about this? I know there's so many people out there. There's listeners out there. Perhaps there's um, many um, people who are in a homosexual lifestyle that may be experiencing the same feelings that you are and then having also the same thoughts that you had. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't understand it myself at, at a young age and I didn't understand why I had these feelings or these thoughts. And I always wondered, I said, you know, little girls are supposed to be thinking about boys and marriage and all this stuff. And I never thought of that. I was always kind of a, a tomboy anyway. So I, I, I was, I, I just, I couldn't understand it. I, I just, I said, why was I thinking the, these things at a young age? And it was, it, I know it wasn't normal. And I, I, I started to blame God for that. And I said, God created me. You created me this way. Why was I, why did I, why did um, 
did you make me this way? And um, there was a lot of frustration there for me, especially going through the teenage life and living under my parents' roof because they had rules. And, and um, you know, I knew I could never live the lifestyle I did under my parents' roof. So um, it, it, I, there was a point where I, I, I did have to leave, and I'm glad my mom did what she did. Uh, she got me out of there. And um, I, I, I did, I had to experience what I experienced in my life. I had to go through it in order to look back and see what I, what I've gone through. And it, it, it's, um, it was, it's, it's interesting how, how you feel for somebody and you, you, you think it's, it's lust and love and you, I mean, all the emotions are there like any other normal person and, and you have these feelings and you cry when your heart gets broken by your partner. It's like a, 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 a man and a woman relationship. Everything's there and you go through the same trials. And I, I, I just couldn't understand that why, and it started to become normal for me and everybody around me was, it took it as just normal. This is, it's just normal lifestyle. Uh, everyone was so accepting of it. And I, I, I lived my life like that for, for a long time, but there was something deep inside of me that I knew it was wrong. And I knew that the lifestyle I was living was not, right in God's eyes. You mentioned about your um, sexual abuse from a neighbor. Do you think that many other homosexuals have had a tragic and sexual abuse past experience too? I, a lot of my friends, yes. I, I could say um, some of them, but not all of them, but most of them, yes. There, there was some kind of a, a, a sexual um abuse in the family, whether it be a friend or even outside the, the family at, at, at a young age, yes. In your bio, you say Satan began to fill your mind, telling you that your lifestyle was, was um, okay and it was from God and the gay lifestyle is right and it's okay and everyone is accepting of it. However, you say, I found, I never found true happiness. You never found true joy or true satisfaction. That deep in your heart, you knew you were living wrong in the eyes of God. Everything around me, the world that I had created around me with my friends and my family, um, I created this world where I was just thriving happiness, continuing happiness. I, I filled that with alcohol. I filled it with um, events in my life, whether it's um, one thing after another, just planning something to go out of town to have barbecues for um, Super Bowls, friends come over, parties after party after party. It, it was continuously filling my life, thinking like false happiness. And it, it, I thought that was, um, what was, 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 that was it, you know, that was everything. And I, I, I live my life like that continuously. 
but deep inside I know there was there was more to life there's more purpose to life there's hope and even after all that you know you you drink and the next day you're hungover and you're arguing and you're, there's jealousy involved there's um controlling involved there's in in, in, in the relationship and it, it was all there. It wasn't all happiness, it, but you were. Conti- I kept continuing looking for happiness. I kept looking for it, but I, I just couldn't find it. And um, I knew there was there had to be more to life than this. Now, throughout your relationship, um, your homosexual relationships, um, did God ever bring you any dreams, any visions, or maybe people that would? Um, approach you and witness to you with love, of course, um, about his love for you? There, there was um, relatives and people that did do that, but I was at a point in my life where I, my heart my heart was so hard that I didn't want to mm-hmm. hear it. I, mm-hmm. I avoided it. If I knew that, um, say, for instance, my aunt was going to talk about God or it was going to be a church setting or a prayer or whatever. I, I would skip out on it. I would um, leave early. I would, um, you know, I wouldn't allow that um, or, or take the time for it. So I, um, I did real good at avoiding, <laughs> mm-hmm. avoiding people, avoiding Christian people, avoiding um, anything about the Bible or God. I, I, I stayed so far away from it. Um, because I, I didn't want to hear it. I wanted to continue living my lifestyle the way I was and, and, and continue doing what I was doing. And do you find that uh, many other homosexuals, too, would um, do the same thing? I, I think I, I see a thrive for happiness. Mm-hmm. You know, you go from one relationship to another, and you, you're continually looking for... you you have that lust and that love for the first two, three years. And after that, it just becomes, they just become a friend, like a friend, like God created two, you know, two women to be a friend. And it, after the fifth year, sixth year, it was just a struggle trying to stay together and, and, and be as a couple. And, and I think that, um, you know, we, we, and then that's where you jump into another relationship to feel that feeling again and to feel that love or that lust again. And, and I think a lot of um, uh, gay relationships um, are, are like that, is continuing to just jump from one relationship to another. And it's fast, too. It's not like you get to know that person. It's like you get to know that person, then you're moving in. So that's that's kind of the gay relationship. I mean, the relationship, all the the gay relationships I've been in, this, it was they they moved in right away once there was a connection and you felt that love or that lust, and, and they, we just come, they moved right in. Is homosexuality existing more in the native reservations, or specifically speaking, in the Navajo reservation? Since you know more about the Navajo reservation and you are from the Navajo reservation. I, I, I don't know. I, um, I, I left at an early age, but I think, you know, this past, uh, uh, two weeks ago, I went home and, um, I visited with my cousins and my relatives and to know, to hear the stories from them, 
and and to of the of sexual abuse or or physical abuse and i think that has a huge play in how the lives turn out if there's some kind of um innocence that's broken i, I think that there becomes that opportunity where satan comes in and and starts to play with your mind and your heart and and where all the homosexuality thoughts and everything come your way and I, I I see that with with the with my family there was a lot of abuse male and female and it, I don't think it just happens um, with females it also happens with males but um it I think that in itself starts a destructive lifestyle you mean the sexual abuse yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, and I, I, I there is I know there is a, there was a lot of it, um, the sexual abuse on the reservation. As I hear the stories uh, of um, just friends and families, and, and those stories are 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 powerful, and they 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 hurt because you mm-hmm. you know what they're going through, you know what I mean, that what they're thinking and what they're feeling. Mm-hmm. So it and from there it takes a path that is just destructive. Whether you you soothe it with alcohol, which I did for a lot of years, um, and or you soothe it with um, other things in life, you know, what what the world has to offer, but you never face what actually happened to you. And I think um, a lot of um, a lot of uh, family members and friends are, are, they struggle through that to not actually face it and just to suppress it inside of you. And it, it, it comes out one way or another, it'll come out. And it, it, it did in my life it all through my life with alcohol and, 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 and homosexuality it came out in my life. And I didn't know that, that, that was because of that one time way back then. And I never resolved it. I just kept it in and I kept it in, but it started to come out in my life. Was there any time in your life when you were having a um, homosexual relationship that you just called on God and you just said, God, I don't, I don't understand why I'm feeling this and why I'm thinking this. Help me, Lord. I, I did. And I, I called out to God and I asked God, you know, to, to fix me. And I said, God, I don't understand this. I don't understand what I'm feeling. I don't understand this, these thoughts. I mean, it, it all starts with a thought and I, I didn't understand it. And, and that leads to action where I was with a, a lot of different women and it was, um, I didn't understand it. And I, I did reach out to God. Yes, I did. And, um, I, I didn't, it didn't happen instantly. I can tell you that I, 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 I sat there and I said, I still sat there and I was like, I continued my life and little by little, the move here to San Diego, the, the, everything with COVID also being alone by myself, it, it just, everything I started to change in my life. I'm, I'm not perfect. I, I, you know, God is still working on me, but 
you know, I, I feel that uh, he did change my thoughts. He did change my feelings. And I, that in itself is a miracle because I never thought in a million years that I would ever change my thinking or my lust for women. I never thought that. I said, how, how can this, this is built in me. I've been like this ever since I was a kid. And I, I, I don't know any other way. And, and I asked God to teach me or to change my mind about things. And I, I prayed about everything. And I, I, I just, I wanted God to change me. And, and he did. And that was, I didn't even realize it until, um, you know, I, I didn't even realize that he did. It, it wasn't like instantly, like a snap of a finger. It was just gradually. And I started to change the way I, I think. I started to change things in my life. And I, I think it happened more when my mom came to live with me here in San Diego. And it was her last years on this earth. Um, she came and I, I tell you, I cleaned my apartment. I got all the rid of the alcohol bottles. I got rid of everything that was in there that was not right in God's eyes and I before I brought her over because I, I didn't you know I didn't want her in a home that had that stuff. So I started to clean everything and that was kind of the first step of cleaning alcohol out and cleaning anything that was unpure in, in, in my home. You mentioned that God or not God but um that your mother came to stay with you. For how long did she stay with you? She was only with me for about three months as in okay. My father passed away July 25th, 2018. Mm -hmm. And um, after that, uh, she stayed there about another month. And then she came to live, she came to live with me. God made it happen to where he brought her here to be to San Diego. I picked her up and brought her here. And my mom is a person that was, wouldn't say nothing, but the look in her eyes and her prayers were so powerful. And God put her in, in my home for a reason. And her last breath was in my home. And, and he just put her right in front of me. He made it happen. The way I look mm-hmm. back at all the events, the way it took place. Mm-hmm. I didn't know how this how how it was gonna happen, but it happened. She got to my home and and she was there in my home and and those were the most beautiful times I ever had was with being with her and and she had this huge bible and and she she would tell me to hold it because she liked the giant print so she would tell me to hold it and she would tell me to read from it and I would be sitting there reading you know I I reading the bible for her she'd read it for me and I'd just read it and then she would you know, I, I went to the radio to the radio to turn on some music and it was of course it was country music and I started to find a Christian station and I said, I, I gotta find a Christian station for my mom, you know. I gotta I got I started to look around. And I said, I don't I don't go to church. I don't have anybody around me in my life that's a Christian that goes to church. What do I do? And you know, I was so thankful for my mom's family, my uncle, my aunt that came over and they were Christians, they came over. The only ones that came over were the Christians that came over and were there with my mom and me, and they showed their love. And um, I was I was trying to find 
I was trying to find anything Christian in my life to, you know, to just dig up and, and, and to share with my mom, because I, I, I know that, you know, the Christian music, that's what she listened to and everything. And, and it, it was, it was um, amazing how, how that all worked out. First, how I cleaned my house out to get her there. And then second, how I, I just started to listen to Christian stations. I started to, and started to read the Bible because she, she, she gave that Bible to me and, and she told me to read it for her. Oh, you know, her eyes, you know, she couldn't really see, you know, she's in, or she would make some excuse just to give me the Bible so I could read it. And mm. and that was, that was, that was her way, I guess, of just reintroducing the Bible to me. So the turning point in your life was the death of your mother three months before she passed away. She, she, the turning point, yeah, she, um, you know, before she left this earth, um, three days before she, she passed away in my arms, she, God gave her a vision of heaven. And you hear these stories all the time and, uh, you know, you, you just, oh yeah, you know, someone saw heaven, you know, you, you just, you think about it, you don't, but until it happens, until you see it with your own eyes and my mom was laying there and, and she opened her eyes and she just said, it was beautiful. It's beautiful. That, that peace, that joy that my mom had on her deathbed all the way to even through her sickness, her cancer, the pain, um, everything. She had a peace. She had a happiness. She had, she had joy. She was still singing gospel songs she was still praising God. And I said, how could, how could someone live all their life and, and, and be this way, worshiping God to the very end? And I wanted what my mom had right there. I wanted that peace. I wanted that joy. I wanted that just, it was like God was there when he took her. And I, I didn't know what to expect, but I, I felt, just overwhelming peace inside of me. And I mm. craved that. I wanted that. And that's where I changed my life to, to get that feeling, to get that joy, to get that peace. And I, I wanted that so bad. And I got that. And I, I, I could honestly say that to this day now, um, I'm living the best life there is because I, I do have that joy. I have that peace my mom had. Thank you, God. Praise the Lord. This is Marina Maria with Faith City Outreach. Uh, right now I'm speaking with today's special guest, Eva Willie, who is from San Diego, California. Eva is a native rev reverend's daughter, and she was born in Tuba City, Arizona, and raised in the Navajo Reservation in Arizona. Today, or right now, she is sharing her powerful testimony, how God has delivered her from a sexual lifestyle. Eva, who is impacting your walk with the Lord now? We know that we know that your mom's death was the major turning point in your life to change your life and to give your life to him. But right now, since we know that you're, both of your parents are with the Lord right now, who has impacted your walk right now with the Lord? 
Um, right now I have my Aunt Flora um, and my Uncle David. Um, mm -hmm. They um, are a big influence in my life. I, I call them every time. I, I Sometimes I don't know something in the Bible and I call them up. I go, what does this mean? You know, or or I get excited to to hear something, and I, I call them up, and and they pray with me, and they they um they talk with me, and I I I'm I'm a new Christian, and I don't understand a lot of things. Like yes, I was brought up as a a pastor's daughter, but I sat there in the in the church, and I never paid attention to my dad up there preaching. I was out there passing notes. I was um, out in the back seat, just talking or doing something else. I was never paying attention to what was being preached up there. And, and people think that I, you know, I, I should know the Bible. I, I went to my first Bible study and I opened up this, my mom's Bible, actually, I took it and they said, go to the book of Jeremiah. I had no idea where Jeremiah was in the Bible. I was just totally lost. And I, I'm learning all this like a, a like a new beginner, and it's it's just it's beautiful. It's, it's it's wonderful to learn all of this stuff. Did any of your past friends um, try to come back to your life and call you into returning back to the homosexual lifestyle? Yes. What did yeah. you do? Please share. I I told them about my life, my life change. And, um, you know, it, it wasn't easy for me to, to, um, for, to begin with, it wasn't easy to pull away from that relationship and to be by myself and now to not be a homosexual, live the homosexual lifestyle. And I know I hurt that person very much because they still live in that lifestyle and, I, I had to be honest with them and tell them that I, I don't live that way no more. I see them as a friend and not anything more. And I think that was devastating and hard for, for that person. Um, so th there was, uh, you know, for me to hear the hurt in that person or see that hurt was, was hard. It, it's not easy. I mean, it's, it's real. It's, it's real. That hurt, those tears are all real. And, and you know, you, you're in a relationship for 12 years. You, you just, to disregard it is, is you, you can't, you, you, you know, I, I still communicate with that person, but I talk to them about God. I talk to them. I want them so bad to change their life and to see what I see. And I hope that my life will be an example for them and that they will see what I see and feel what I feel. So I, I do still communicate with them every now and then, but as, as a friend and not as how I saw them before. Um, so that's, you know, uh, that's um, where I'm at now. Eva, did any one of your past friends um, try to convince you that you were born gay? And yeah, did you believe they, them? Yeah. Oh, yeah. My um, past friends did. And, and the way they described it was that God created you and they, they put you on the wrong body. And so, like, I was I was meant to be a male and not a female. 
and um, I, you know that's that that's that, that's just that's where you are. That's who you are. You have to welcome it. You have to embrace it. You have, you know, and and I I tried. I tried, and I just deep down inside I knew that something was not right. Still, something was not right. There was something missing, and and um, I was just missing so much. And I didn't have that complete happiness that I was looking for. What would you say to other women and even men who are in a homosexual lifestyle because they think they were born gay? I I think that's the biggest lie that Satan has out there among young people, among older people, among anybody. And um, living that homosexual lifestyle is wrong. And no matter, even even there's some churches that are accepting it and saying it's okay. We love we 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 accept everybody. Yes, God does accept everybody, but a homosexual relationship is wrong in God's eyes, and it's a sin. And I I, I can only say you know from my experience that from a young age feeling this the homosexual lifestyle feeling. Uh, 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 something for a same sex as I I am all my life in, in thinking that was the way I, I am that's thinking that's how I'm built built thinking that that was that's that's me and nobody can change I can't change what what's there and God coming in and I and God coming into my life and changing me was the biggest miracle that has ever happened in my life and I don't have those feelings anymore. I don't have that thought anymore. I don't have that lust anymore. And I thank God for that. And it, it's just, my life is just totally different. It, that isn't, that is, it's not right. And I, I, I can say that because I've experienced that. And I live that life. I'm not just someone that's talking from, that from no experience, I, I got this experience. It was with me from the age of, you know, six years old to, to now. And it, it, and when God came into my life, it changed, it, he changed me. God changed me. There is, there is hope out there and there is joy. There's internal joy and peace out there. It's, it, it's just beautiful. What have you been praying about lately? I've been praying for God to use me, um, I, to use me however way. I, I right now I um, with COVID happening, I, I stay home a lot and I work. I work and I go home, and it's just given me a lot of time to to be in God's Word and pray and and to really uh, um, just research the Bible and 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 be alone with God. So it, it, this COVID is, it's changed a lot of people. I know it has, um, where you just really think about what you have around you in your life. You start to think about your job. You start to think about the people around you and you think of things that you never thought of because you're so busy out there running around doing things. And, and, and when COVID happened, it just, it brought everything home and, and really fake, put me face to face with myself 
and I, I, I pray, you know, to God that he will just use me in a way, even if it's just to touch one person or to, to um, share my testimony, my life story with just one person that will change your mind about, about a gay relationship, about homosexuality, whatever you want to call it. You know, it, it, it's, it's real. It's there. And it does take over your life. But that, that's not what life is. Life is, is, is way better than that. There's something way better than that. You think you're happy. You could be on top of the world and, and, and not even know that you're, you're missing out on the, something even better. What church do you attend there in San Diego, California? I, uh, prior to COVID, I was going to a Calvary church here. Mm-hmm. And, and right now I'm kind of um, um, doing online, um, listening to online preachers. And, and then I'm also doing um, Zoom, Bible study, Zoom, uh, Zoom Bible study, excuse me. And um, I'm looking for a, a church to attend Eva, would you say that you are still in the healing process? Yeah, there's there's still a lot of healing involved. Um, it it's not something that happens overnight. It's something that's um, progressive, and and it it um, I think there's a lot of time that needs to to heal the the years and years of of wrong that I lived and, and the, the things that I experienced and, and there is a lot of healing and I feel that God is, is still healing and working in me. What is your favorite scripture in the Bible that comes to mind all the time when you're going through challenging times? My, my favorite scripture, it, it actually came to me, um, when my dad, um, when I first heard the news, the doctor called me um, that morning and I was driving and there was a, this big truck, Toyota Tacoma, caught my attention. And I was like, wow, what a nice truck. And the only thing on that truck, it said it was uh, Joshua 1.9. I had no idea what that was. So as soon as I got to work and this was, I, I was just going to um, book my flight and fly um, home to, to um, be with my dad at the hospital. And um, I, as I was booking my flight on the computer, I, I looked up Joshua 1.9 and it said, have I not commanded you be strong and of mm. good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. That, wow. that, that um, verse stuck with me. And that, that is my favorite verse right there. Amen. Eva, I know God has promoted you in your job. Are you um, able to witness to others at your workplace? I, um, yeah, I, I, you know, I, I, I come into work every day and I, I pray before I walk in the doors and I ask for God to be here, you know, in this building and I, I ask God to work through me as I as I go throughout the day because I I I do things differently now and my 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 team has noticed it the difference in me and um, it 
just my life has been changed around and they, they notice all of my, the changes in my life. They notice more than I thought they noticed, <laughs> but, and they start to ask questions and mm-hmm. I, you know, they ask what I do for the weekend. And I said, Oh, you know, I, I had a zoom Bible study and, you know, I, I have that opportunity to tell them about what I did and, and, and they, they ask questions and I, I, I just, I, I love to answer their questions and especially if it's about, you know, about the Bible or about God. And, and, um, I do, I do tell them, so that's my opportunity, but I think my life itself has been a big change to where they notice that in me. And that in itself is, is something that speaks for itself. Please share a little bit about your work that God has placed you in right now. Um, I'm, like I said, I came here to San Diego, um, it's a garage door company and mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's um, um, throughout the United States. They have about 52 distribution centers and uh, main manufacturing is in Ohio. And I have one of the distribution centers here in uh, San Diego, which I actually came from the Phoenix one. Um, and this opportunity was given to me uh, here five years ago mm-hmm. in San Diego. And I, I, I took on the challenge and at the time, my, my father was still alive, and I, I asked my dad, I said, Dad, what should I do? And my dad said, go for it. <laughs> he said, go for it. He said, I'll, I'll pray for you. And those were his words to me, and, and to, to come over here and, and just be in a, never, never moved out of Arizona, was born and raised in Arizona, and I, I never moved out. I I, this was, I moved to California here to San Diego. It was my first big move. And um, it was just, it was beautiful, you know, just to, to meet the different people here and, and the challenge of work. And I, I really enjoy it. What would you think about, um, or what would your parents, if they were alive today and saw you today, with the transformation that God has done in your life, what do you think they would say to you right now? I, I honestly, I think about that sometimes, and I, I, I wish that I was a Christian a long time ago to, to um, be able to talk with them and ask them questions and pray with them and do all this, all these things with them. But I, I, I didn't. But. You know, I, I think about it now, their prayers for me all this time, you know, the prayers, they say, does God really answer prayers? You know, I, and my, my mom prayed for me, my dad prayed for me, and he may not answer it while they're here on earth, but he answered it when they went to heaven. Their prayers were answered. I agree. I definitely believe that their prayers, their never-ending prayers were answered. And I, I know that they would be very, very happy. Thank you so much, Eva, for sharing your powerful testimony that right now is impacting millions of people and will continue to impact their lives. And um, I was wondering if you would Give me the honor and ending in prayer, please. Thank you. Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, we come to you today. 
Lord, that if I pray for anyone out there that went through what I've went through or is going through what I've gone through, Lord Jesus, that you just speak to their heart like you did for me. Lord, you were always there in my life. You were always there as much as I tried to push you away and push, suppress everything that you had for me, Lord Jesus, you were there. God, Lord, I pray that you will open their hearts and their minds, Lord Jesus, to see that there is hope, there is joy, there is peace, there is unconditional happiness. Lord, you're there for us, Lord. I pray that you pour your blessings upon us, Lord Jesus. Thank you for everything you've done. Amen. Amen. Faith City Outreach can be heard daily, Monday through Friday at 4 p.m. Arizona time and 7 p.m. Eastern time. Faith City Outreach thanks Global Women Christian Chamber of Commerce Embassy and Four Winds Ministries for being supporters. Psalm 117, praise the Lord all you nations, extol him all you peoples, for great is his love toward us, and the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. Praise the Lord. You have been listening to Faith City Outreach with Marina Maria as she interviews Christian pastors and leaders to discuss scriptures and topics affecting the Christian community and to pray for the nations. If you need to contact Marina Maria, please email her at fcoprogram at gmail.com. That email again is fcoprogram at gmail.com. Until next time, Marina wants to remind you from Matthew 6, 33, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. The music used in this broadcast is used courtesy of Zapswat.com.